the podcast. My name is Anastasia Palinskaya. I'm here with my girl, Ashley Diaz. What's up, Ashley? What's up, Anna? What's up? Ah. <laughs> this is so exciting. Uh, Ashley and I have been wanting to start a podcast for quite some time and we're on our 2021 vision. Am I right? <laughs> I see it. I see it. Later on this episode, we have Esther Koo as an interview. Uh, super hype about that. She has been at Wild and Out, Girl Code, super funny, funny person. So she is sure to be a treat. It's going to be a good it's time. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is bananas right now. It is a banana republic. Uh, the U.S. <laughs> economy lost 140,000 jobs in December 2020. And all of them were held by women. This is true. Seriously, women lost 156,000 jobs in the United States in December 2020 alone, while men gained 16,000. Is it too late to say that I don't think the pussy hats worked? <laughs> I think we'd have a lot more luck if we went and got that onesie from a Christmas story. <laughs> I don't know. I think that is definitely the way we should go uh, moving forward because it didn't work. Uh, this week, the U.S. Capitol was sieged by the alt-right Lord of the Flies. Between the bad food and the misinformation, it looked a lot more like the fire fest than a coup. It really did. It was so ghetto. It was so ghetto. It was so ghetto. Some of these people look like they got lost on the way to the Cracker Barrel. It was a tragedy. I mean, people were literally climbing the walls where there were stairs for the dramatics. <laughs> you think that they're going to be reenacting this like civil war room? In the future? It's just going to be part four. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait for Halloween. There's going to be a lot of QAnon Halloween costumes that come out of this. It's going to be like sexy QAnon outfit. On Yandy, probably cost hundred dollars. It's so ghetto. I can't wait to tell my kids. What were you doing when it happened? I was working, and then I had to pretend like nothing was happening. <laughs> so it was it was like an internal like what the fuck, and then I'm just like hi Rebecca. <laughs> Meanwhile, you had to address it. Like we didn't really address it until lunch. (laughs) Everyone's like, now I'm going to eat my peanut butter sandwich and talk about this. It it reminds me of like when I found out that Kobe passed away um, because I was in line at a Target Starbucks and there were like two people working. I'm like, should I tell them? Like, I don't know. Because you don't know, like You're I have some shift. I like I have that breaking news energy of me though. <laughs> it's crazy. Like COVID took a back seat, and he's like, "Go ahead, girl, <laughs> go for a spin." <laughs> and Kevin's like, "Say less." <laughs> and then in the meanwhile, in the midst of all of this, Chris Jenner planning her demise. I I like hate how much the news of that sucked me in. 
Van Jones and Kim Kardashian because I love the idea of her just being like, I'm super woke now. Like, I'm going to reform the criminal justice system. Oh, yeah, yeah. She literally Van took- Jones, it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> she, she took the movie Legally Blonde and said, that's me. You know who my daddy is? <laughs> Speaking of daddy, the daddy girl who tried to snatch a 14-year-old's phone. How do you feel about that? Um, I, daddy girl is really perplexing to me because Gail King just deserves a massage and a mimosa the day that she retires because between R. Kelly and daddy girl telling her, Gail, enough, enough. The hotel (laughs) did have my belongings. That smirk, she gets I'm like her lawyer, like she was a 22 year old girl. She must have gotten her lawyer on Groupon and like Groupon, no shade. Like we skydived off Groupon and Groupon <laughs> yes, survived. So about Groupon. But like she definitely got off some like ghetto ass Groupon because if I was her lawyer, I'd be like, girl, shut up. <laughs> yeah, like she she did do one of these. When she looked at Gail like that, like, does she know who she's talking? Oh my God. No. They had my phone, Daddy. Um, Daddy. Uh, cannabis uh, uh, and a new cannabis and cocaine study suggests that more people are smoking cannabis than sniffing cocaine. And I'm sure that having a stick poked um, in the back of your brain for a COVID test had nothing to do with it. <laughs> An unprecedented amount of healthcare workers are actually turning down the COVID-19 vaccine. Have you heard about this? As much as 80% in some places, there are places where 80% of the healthcare workers in a facility are saying, no, they don't want to get the vaccine because of whatever conspiracy that they are believing at the, whatever. I don't know what the hot conspiracy is. Bill Gates and QAnon. I guess so. And like to all these nurses, like I know a lot of nurses. I went to call, I was in a sorority of a lot of people who became nurses. And to all these nurses. Say less. <laughs> say less. Even if you think Bill Gates is, I mean, okay. Also, thank you. Thank you to the nurses, whatever. <laughs> I just want to say that. I don't want to get canceled by the nurses. Canceled on the first episode. (laughs) Even if you think Bill Gates is going to put a tracking chip in your system, don't you at least want your weekends back? Like the trips to TJ Maxx, brunches with the girls. If you're not motivated by science, like at least be motivated by social pressure. Like that's all I'm saying. Yes. (laughs) You don't want no four for four at Chili. Margaritas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of COVID, there was actually an outbreak in uh, the San Jose hospital. An employee wanted to uplift the spirits of those um, in the ER by dressing up as an inflatable Christmas tree uh, without realizing that the fan actually helped circulate COVID faster. Uh, yeah, you could say Christmas cheer wasn't the only thing she spread that day. Yikes. Ah, you know, surprisingly (laughs) enough, surprisingly enough, the anti-abortion community is really supportive of the vaccine. I was reading this. This is a big thing there because they're saying there's nothing that that they should fear. They're actually calling it a present from God, which (laughs) is ironically what many of us have called our abortions. (laughs) Amen. 
So um, I saw the movie Soul, which was pretty good, uh, with the exception, of course, of 22 being voiced by Tina Fey, which, spoiler alert, uh, she's a white woman uh, who ends up going inside of a black man's body, which is secretly what all white women want to do, um, <laughs> especially when that black man is Jamie Foxx. So. Mm-hmm. Facts. Oh, this podcast is called Just the Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Just the Facts. That is all for this segment, Ashley. Um, when we come back, we're going to have Esther Koo. I'm so hyped. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thank you all. And this is Just the Facts. Welcome back to Just the Facts Podcast. I'm Anastasia Palatskaya. And I'm Ashley Diaz. And we are here with our guest, our first guest of the show. Super excited to have her, Esther Koo. She has been on Wild and Out, on Girl Code, and has done a bunch of stuff. Um, Super excited to have you, Esther. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. It's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Good as it can be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Congrats on starting your podcast. This is awesome. Yeah, thank no, you. thank you. Thank you. Um, it's it's a big journey. It's exciting because this chick moved across the country and I'm like, how can I work with her? <laughs> so now it's awesome that we're able to make this happen. Uh, but speaking of, uh, you recently um, have been back in Florida. That's how I've been working a lot with you. Uh, I work a lot as bookering and stand-up in uh, the Miami area. So we've been able to work together. Um, what made you, um, like many other comics, uh, make that move to decide to leave LA to come back here? Well, you know, I'm a big addict of Twitter. And back in January, February, you know, this whole coronavirus thing was keeping me up at night. Like I already suffer from insomnia as it is. And then add on to it, this social media where you can constantly refresh the news. And once I saw that like Hong Kong and um, Shanghai were quarantined, I was like, holy shit, this is going to come over here. And all my friends are like, you're the first person who told me about it. And and so, you know, when I was like, you know, trying to sleep in February and I went and bought like, you know, gloves and stuff, like I was like ready to hunker down. And I was like, there's no way LA is just too big of a city. There's no way that it's gonna, you know, be able to be operational. So I was like, you know, let me just leave for a second. And I was like, oh, I'll be back. I'll be back in six months. And the pandemic is like roaring bigger than ever now. It's oh my crazy. I love how uh, it was like coronavirus was like an indie band. It's like you told all your friends like about like, they're like, we knew because of you. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm here right now in LA and everything is shut down. Like everything. Yeah, I see you're already growing weed. You're acclimating <laughs> to, to the Southern California lifestyle. You got your medical marijuana card and you're already supplying the whole block with weed. <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. I mean. Yeah, maybe you should open those curtains. It needs more sunlight. 
<laughs> they grow like tomatoes. <laughs> they actually, they, they actually have the same growth pattern as tomatoes. <laughs> Fun fact. Just the facts. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, right now everything is shut down, but people are still partying. People are still walking around with no mask on. Very L.A., um yeah I'm having a great time (laughs) I mean the thing about LA it's not known for their intellect you know the people who move there and are pursuing a career in showbiz or acting and stuff so you know is it surprising no No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean Florida's not too far from that though (laughs) yeah Dude, I know. I mean, luckily, like, South Florida doesn't have the population that L.A. or New York has, or else we'd be totally screwed. Yeah, absolutely. So what has it been like going between, like, the two scenes? Because I hear, like, a lot about just how, based on the opportunities that people have with open mics, like, the comics just develop differently in, like, the L.A. scenes and, like, New York scenes and Miami scenes. So how has it been going from L.A. to over here? You know, it's kind of... um The smaller markets, there's just always going to be more opportunities. L.A., I'm, I'm you know... Uh, there's so many big dogs. There's so many headliners. There's so many people with, it's like, oh, everybody has a TV credit in LA. You know, it's like the clubs, (laughs) the clubs can chew, pick and choose. So LA can be very, very competitive, um, just like New York. But, um, you know, I think it's kind of, it's nicer to come back to a smaller market. I started in Boston though. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was Boston? How was Boston starting out there? Boston was awesome because it was 2003. It wasn't what comedy is now. There wasn't podcasts. There wasn't anything. So it wasn't like everybody was doing comedy, you know, (laughs) it was a very, it was a very small scene. And when, when it's a small scene, it's easier to be supportive of each other. And it's easier because you see the same people more often in a smaller scene Then in a place like LA or New York, you meet somebody and you might not see them for six months. And so you're just like, well, whatever, fuck that guy. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I always recommend, um, you know, younger comics to stay in a smaller market for a little longer than maybe you want to. You know, it's great to have ambitions to want to move to the bigger cities, um, but I think there's value in staying in a smaller market and getting more stage time and making those friendships and, you know, um, collaborating and writing and, you know, hitting stages together. Yeah. So I'm moving back to Florida. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, right? This would be Packing great. my bags. <laughs> Esther telling me so. No, no, no. Corona before anyone so she knows what's going to happen with my career. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but the thing is, there's not one sure way. I mean, that's just, that's how I look at it. But mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe if I would have moved to LA, you know, 10 years ago earlier, maybe, you know, other things would have happened. So you never know. Like everybody has a different path and some people's are like this and some people's are like that. And you can't, you can't predict the future. So, you know, I like that you're ambitious and that you're there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ashley was the one that got me to skydive. I mean, she's definitely the one who takes like life by the horns. So, oh my God, I would never go skydiving. Oh my God. I went with her. (laughs) Oh my God. You guys are so crazy. Yeah. It was like at six o'clock in the morning too. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, the witching hours. <laughs> and we got it on Groupon, so we, we knew we were getting our money's worth. Oh my God, yes. For a discounted price, you two can risk your life skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing is, those when you go to do that, it's like the form is really the scariest part because it's just like, you may die and you're just, you won't sue. Like, that's all you have to say. <laughs> Your family, your family can't sue. Your family you can't sue if you die because you jumped out of a plane. That's like, and you have a video. <laughs> There's. Do evidence. you have a video? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my god! Insert video right here. I'm just kidding. Oh my god! Enough, enough about us. Though. Enough about us. Esther, you're uh, like you have a really fascinating background. Um, and we were I, we went to your Wikipedia because Esther. It's like one sentence long. Don't worry. Oh, I mean, it, it gave us all we need to know. Um, <laughs> but it's you used to be a traveling sales representative for Sharpie. <laughs> How was yeah. that? Yeah. That is like an interesting, that's definitely an interesting one. <laughs> well, that was my job out of college and it was like the best day job a comedian could ask for. Um, basically I got a company car, I got health insurance, I got 401k, I got a company credit card, I got a gas card, and I had a basement full of free pens. <laughs> and it's like, what else do I need to like make friends with the other comedians? It's like, hey, do you want a Sharpie? Do you want a Uniball? Do you want a Papermate? And so all the comedians in Boston will tell you that I was like their best friend and I would give them free pens. <laughs> write their jokes and plus I had a car so I would drive us to shows and I would pay for the gas because my company would pay for the gas but nice. it was also um a great job that taught me a lot of like good skills as far as like building relationships go you know like my customers were the staple stores in New England So I would drive up to Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Connecticut, and I would refill their pen displays and put the Sharpie display up. But a lot of it is just knowing to remember people's names, you know, like, oh, the manager at this staple store is Dan. Let me write that down so that next time I go, I don't just say, hey, you. I say, hey, (laughs) you know, I I say, hey, Ashley. And so that, you know, all those skills that it came in like really handy for my career as well, because it's all the same and building relationships. When you go back to a comedy club, you know, the manager at the comedy club wants you to know that you know their name and, you know, it's so competitive that anything that you, you can, you know, any way that you can kind of build stronger relationships is better for you. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because I remember, uh, you probably don't remember, but the first time we met, I remember asking you, like, what's like the, the best advice you can give me? I had just started stand up and uh, you were just like, talk to people as much as you can. <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, yeah, I'm tour guiding. And you were like, yeah, keep tour guiding. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, any job where you're like talking is like the best day job for a comedian. You know, yeah. just keep your just keep your mouth running and something <laughs> something funny will come out eventually. Eventually. Absolutely. <laughs> no, and it's funny that you mentioned too cuz you are such a professional person. Like cuz I also I've worked with you um, I've had the pleasure of working with you as like a comic, but also from a booker perspective. And like you, the first time I ever worked with you, you came and like brought me a Christmas cookie. And I was like, this was the nicest thing that a comic has ever done for me. Like people message me and be like, hey, like what dates do you have available? Like and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is like, I'm like, I will never forget this. And it was a goddamn good cookie. You are a good cook. <laughs> you are a goddamn good baker and cook. Like Jesus. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you. You know, it's like, I think we all have to remember how, how many comedians there are out there and you didn't have to book me on your show. There's so many people to choose from. So I think it's just good to be grateful for any stage time that anybody gives you because there's so much work that goes into producing one show and all the people that were at, you know, the Villain Theater when you booked me and uh, everything that it takes to just get people, people's butts in those seats. And so I think it's nice to be able to kind of acknowledge your effort. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't always like that. I think, um, you know, when you're young, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm so funny and everybody should just book me. You know, like you have this like huge ego without anything to back it up. Um, and so I can definitely see that like people do hit you up saying like kind of being demanding, like as if yeah, they're entitled, like yeah. entitled to stage time. And, you know, it, it's like when you come at it this way, how, how much stage time are you really going to get? Yeah, it's true. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> how many times can we say facts? And <laughs> That's the drinking game. If we get like a really good cult following, I just hope that they're all getting sloshed of every single time we say facts. <laughs> uh, Esther, in 2019, congratulations for hosting the a a AVN Awards. <laughs> <laughs> ABC Awards. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> How was that? And like, what was your favorite moment from hosting? Um, you know what? It was actually like meeting the the female porn stars. Um, they're really sweet girls. They're different than like actress actresses. You know, they're, they're, um, they're porn stars. So they don't have, they don't have a chip on their shoulder. Mm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. they have, they're not stuck up at all. Like these girls are just like sweet, nice girls who like show their hoo-hahs for a living. You know, yeah. like how yeah, like, no. you can't really be too full of yourself. Like you're just like really getting down to the nitty gritty here. Um, so <laughs> To be honest, it was kind of a nice, a nice break because, you know, I'm never mingling with um, porn stars. So it was, it was super relaxing and everybody was super nice and um, it was fun. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, we, we shot some videos and stuff and they're just like super, um, they're super chill is what it is. Like, they're just like, yeah, we take off our clothes for a living. And 
they're not like snobby at all. You know what I mean? That's mm. awesome. I love that. That's a, that's, I like how, I mean, it's true. And I, it makes sense because it really is, there is something very empowering about the freedom to be like, I'm going to show my tits and everyone's going to see it. And like, I don't care. And I, I'm sure that it is like, a very empowering group of people too, because they're like, you know, they're doing their scenes, they're owning it. Like I, so I'm sure that's like, that's actually like a, a very femspirational <laughs> type of place. I feel like in a way. <laughs> Did yeah. you learn anything new? Did I learn anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, you yourself, you're pretty vocal with your sexuality in your comedy too. So it's like a match made in heaven. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's why that's why we got along because I'm so open about um that stuff as well. So it's not like um like oh I don't talk about my sex life or that <laughs> that's too private. You know what I mean? Like I've always been from day one very open about it. So um I think that's probably just why we got along and and then they were just like hell yeah they were on board with me I was on board with them and it was just like it was just fun you know like I think they should since since most porn stars are female and then the male porn stars there's like maybe like one for every 10 female porn stars but it's the same guys fucking all the girls so (laughs) they should have just they should always just have a female comedian host yeah that's awesome (laughs) you know because the whole audience is all females that's true that is true that's a good that's a good niche what is it like working like doing jokes for like an award show because I know obviously it's a very different type of award show but like it is still you do still have like a lot of the same needs that you have to fill as a host so what was that like you know um it's different because it's not about me it's about them So you have to kind of remember that, like, it's not like people came to see me and my name's on the marquee. They don't really care. I'm just kind of there to move the show along. So if you remember that, um, then, you know, you'll be, you'll be happier, I think, because it's not like you gotta, you're going to expect to kill. Like everybody that I talked to who had hosted it before, they were like, expect to bomb these people, like, are just sweating in their seats, seeing if they won best blow job. Like they don't care <laughs> about you, you know, it's not about you. So the sooner you can learn that. And some jobs are like that, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not about you. It's about the bigger picture. And the sooner you kind of get on board with that, the easier it is on your ego. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, something that I got to see when you uh, performed at Villain uh, was that, and I, we, I, anyone if going on your feed can see it too. Um, you are really musically uh, inclined and you have, you are very talented musically. Um, what, how has music influenced your comedy and how did that become a part of your comedy? Um, well, you know, the fr- what's so funny is when I first started, I kind of like forgot that I played music. I mean, like I, I grew up playing music on stage and like at recitals and competitions and concerts. So I think playing music from a young age since I was 10, it helps my stage presence because I have so much experience being on stage and 
going up and 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 kind of having those rehearsals and those performances it kind of you kind of go through a ritual and you you know okay you're going to be psyched out you're going to be nervous but this is going to happen and then everybody's going to be looking at me and and that feeling of everybody looking at you you have to kind of get used to it cuz it's not you know we're not used to it so um i think my my music background has helped me so much in my comedy career um and then once i did when i went on howard stern show i met dan the song parody man who writes like song parodies for howard stern mm-hmm. and i was talking about how i'm a musician and he was like oh we should write songs together and so we started writing songs together and i kind of was like oh my god i should just bring my guitar on stage. And then I would lug a guitar all over New York City from my Brooklyn apartment. And I learned how to play the ukulele. And then I I started incorporating music more because of him. And he had a big influence on me. You know, like he was so nice to like bring me along and teach me stuff. And we would write songs together. So that's why I say talk to everybody. And you never know where where you're going to collaborate with people and create stuff. I love that. That's I that that you really never know. I always I think um, it's so important to tell everyone your dreams too, like what you really want in this world and like what you really want in this life, because you never know how you can help each other get there. Uh, that's so that's so fascinating. Um, and and I feel like you are so good, and it's so hard to imagine you not having music in your act and as part of your comedy. Well, you know what, yeah. like. I do feel like some people, some comics, like, don't like it. You know, they're like, oh, God, I had to follow a guitar act last night, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I do hear that sometimes, like, and so I don't always incorporate music, but you guys had a piano, so I was like, oh, let me play this piano. And so, I don't know, there are some haters out there that, but I mean, music and comedy have gone together for the longest time. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to make my whole set musical, but I like ending on like a song. I mean, to segue from from that, you uh, managed to adapt during quarantine to Korean uh, teen, where you do these jokes and then you're doing it on um, uh, it's like a drum, drum kit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just I, it 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 it, um, it went together so well, and it was so natural. Where I felt like a lot of comedians didn't have that outlet, and you just naturally just slipped right in there. And well, you know, I'm an Aquarius, so. We're <laughs> <I'm- laughs> oh, <two> Libras. We're <laughs> two Libras, so this is a good vibe. This is a good group. <laughs> no wonder your place is so clean. I, I don't see like a speck of dust anywhere. There's a lot of aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think for me, it's easy for me to adapt to change. And as soon as quarantine hit, I was like, well, I got to do something to keep myself entertained. And, you know, and, um, and I was like, well, instead of laughter, what could I need to like hear something instead of laughter? Mm. And I was like, let me just do my own butt on bum chis. And, <laughs> and, and it kind of, I just tried it. And, and sometimes you just got to try shit and not everything will stick and, and stuff, but you know, at least, at least you try. It works. I think it's great. It works. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's tough because I think that like you said it earlier, like when you were starting at comedy, there weren't like podcasts and all these things. And there is sometimes all this pressure. Um, and it's also kind of, it's funny too, because I'll, I'll, you hear a comic being like, I'm starting a podcast. And everyone's like, oh, roll <laughs> eyes. Like another one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Someone's listening, hopefully, but, um, and there's always this pressure to make content because, but like, there's always so many ideas. Like I have so many notes in my phone where I like they're fragmented ideas, but so many things I get like anxious about even trying because I'm like, Oh, what if no one thinks it's good or no one thinks it's funny. And it really is um, just, it is, it, there's just some things work like something, but you do have to try them. So I love that you went with that idea because it is so funny. Yeah, no, I mean, I had that same thought in my head when I started my podcast and I was like, oh, I'm just going to be another stupid comedian with a stupid podcast and, you know, people are going to judge me and stuff. But you know what? It's a great way to make friends, first of all, because now like we're sitting down and talking because whenever we're working, I see you. But then I also see like 50 other people running around the club that you don't always have time to sit down and appreciate somebody for who they are until you have kind of like a longer conversation like this. Mm. So I think it's a great way to make friends and to solidify friendships and comedy. And also it, it gets you ready for when you go on do radio shows and, and uh, you know, learning to fill that dead air airtime so that when you go on radio shows, you know what to do. So it's great. It's great. Just keep doing it and things will happen. Esther, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, anything you'd like to plug? Um, well, yeah, Anastasia is going to be on my show. Yes. In Miami. We're doing an outdoor show at Smart Bites in um, Greater Wynwood slash Alapada. <laughs> yes. And, um, and I'm excited to have you on my show on January 20th. I don't know. Yeah, when absolutely. Are, are uploading this, but if it's before then, I think it is before then. Yes, it is. It is before then for sure. So there'll be, do you want to talk a little bit about like what it's been like doing an outdoor show? Because that space, this is my first time getting to that area, but I mean, it looked so cool, like from what I've gotten to see. So I don't know if you want to humble brag a little bit. (laughs) No, for sure. You know, uh, for the longest time, I wasn't doing any shows indoor or any outdoor or any, anything because I just uh, had been watching so much news and refreshing my Twitter feed. So I was super, super, super paranoid about the virus and I just wanted to be safe and, and not spread it and everything. And I was actually texting a lot of comedians who I saw who were on tour. And I was like, I don't think it's safe for you to be touring. You, and they'd be like, well, I got to pay my mortgage somehow. I'm like, not if you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Mama Esther, just like <laughs> Mama Koo. <laughs> so, so I was like trying to like discourage all these comedians from touring and I felt so powerless. I was like, oh my God, they're going to die. And, um, and then so, but, it, but then eventually I was like, I came around, I was like, you know what? maybe I should produce an outdoor show. And I was like, well, I don't want to like become a super spreader event though. I don't want to, I don't want to contribute to anybody dying. So I kind of thought about it a lot. Then I saw that people are doing indoor shows and I was like, well, you know what? If people are doing indoor shows, 
at least let me give people an outdoor show alternative. So um, I'm happy that I'm doing my show and I, I keep I keep things very safe and yeah. I wipe down the mic between each comic and some comics even make fun of me for wiping down the mic. <laughs> yeah, but you're keeping them safe. You know, well, and- comics are used to catching anything. So <laughs> <laughs> I know whatever they can get. <laughs> right. Down. <laughs> I know if you say there's like an open mic in a alley next to a dumpster, they'll be there. I'm so. there. <laughs> I remember that one. (laughs) So, you know, what's been great about producing this outdoor show for me also has just been, it's been a good reminder to be grateful for any time anybody books me on their show because, you know, when we're booked on a show, we just show up and everything's set up. The chairs are set up, the sound system set up. There's a green room, there's couches, there's drinks. But like somebody had to do all that work. And it's work moving the chairs and setting up the sound system and, you know, bringing the ice for the drinks and so much goes into it. And I think producing the show has kind of brought me back to, you know, appreciate any club, any venue that has me and stuff. And I was talking to my friend Sheba, Sheba Mason, she's producing an outdoor show in New York. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, it's so nice producing an independent show at this bar because they treat me so well. Not like the clubs, you know, like at comedy clubs, comedians are like cockroaches and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want? You know? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, but, but when you run a comedy show at an independent restaurant or bar, um, they don't know how badly we're usually treated. Mm. So they treat us really well. They're like, can I get you something to drink? I'm like, oh, well, sure. I could have a food on the house. (laughs) VIP service. They give you a meal, a hot shower and a home. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, should I tell them we don't have to be treated this well? But (laughs) no. But that's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, that uh, smarty pants on Eventbrite, uh, you can definitely get those tickets, and that's gonna be a really exciting show. I'm super excited about that. Um, Ashley, do you want to hit her with a, our lightning question speed round, or are we gonna just wrap up? up? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Okay. Esther, are you down for some improv? We're just going to hit you with 20 questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> we can do 10. We can do 10. <laughs> 20 is a little aggressive. We're not trying to date. Um, <laughs> I used to do this game, though, with boys. Like, back in the day, I'd be like, oh, so it's the time for us to play 20 questions. And then, like, question seven, it would be like, do you do like you me? Like me? <laughs> do you, do you want to be my boyfriend? Do you like me? Do you have a crush on anyone right now? Are you now? like being serious? That's such yes. a like. Do you Dada. like anyone with the letter A in their name? <laughs> Do you like white Russians? <laughs> no, you know what's crazy? Back in the day, my um, so like on AIM when I was in like when I was a kid, I remember people would do their away messages in my school. It'd be like I heart. Uh, 56 and it would be like the letter of like the first initial and the last initial of the person they had a crush on so you'd have to guess like who's 56 but my initials like straight up 
My first name is nine letters. My last name is 11 <laughs> letters. So no one ever was secretly crushing on me. Uh, <laughs> like, no one was ever secretly crushing on me. You're like uh, the Associated Press. <laughs> yeah, I am. I had NAP testing. <laughs> Fives. Fives Bio-A- all around. Bio-AP. Oh my God. Yes. Anyways. Okay. Ashley, do you want to get started with 10 questions? Okay. Um, who is your ultimate all-time favorite comedian? Jim Carrey. What is your favorite movie? Um, it's a beautiful life. A, wo- a beautiful life. It's a wonderful I almost said it's a wonderful life. <laughs> the, one with, the one with Roberto Benini. <laughs> Ashley, you go. Um uh who is the funniest person in your like personal life? Oh my god. Uh do you guys know Gummy Gummy Liel Osias? I just no. had him on my show on Wednesday. He is hilarious. Follow him on Gamma305. Okay. Gamma three oh gamma, yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know I didn't know the full name. <laughs> yeah, he goes by gamma, but but yeah, uh, he's my he's my new best friend. I think he's hilarious. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Okay. Definitely. Um let me think. Uh what is what was the moment that it clicked for you that you want to do comedy? Um it could be a little bit longer. <laughs> I think um when my librarian came up to me and asked me to host a talent show in eighth grade. Oh, fun. Love that. Did you bomb or did you do well? I bombed. No. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember what you like talked about? Um, I wrote some jokes. I think like something about Aladdin. I, I borrowed like my band director's um, drum and I played the, I, I made an Energizer Bunny commercial. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I put a commercial in the talent show. <laughs> That's advanced. That's advanced. Okay. Um, which That's advanced. advanced. <laughs> I love what? it. I know. What? That's a production. <laughs> What'd you say, Ashley? Uh, what's your favorite color? Purple. Okay. Um... If you weren't doing comedy, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> top three. Top three. Top three. Um, writing. Um, I would say writing. Okay. Yes. Um, what is like your all-time favorite quote? Um, winners don't quit. Quitters quitters don't win Mm. love it so you are an awesome cook i know from the cookies we see the korean fried chicken we see it all on your feed what is your favorite thing to cook um and what what are your top two favorite things to cook i guess um i love making cookies because i love eating cookies (laughs) and and then um i would say yeah the korean fried chicken is my new favorite recipe of late (laughs) <laughs> okay right, i think we have two more <laughs> okay um my last question is if you could tell 12 year old esther anything what would it be um good question um don't kill yourself <laughs> <laughs> nice hang in there you'll be fine <laughs> 
That's real. <laughs> um, true facts. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so annoying. Um, last question. Um what's next? Like what is something that you are looking to work on? What would you like to be next? I guess once the pandemic is over, like what are you looking forward to in the hypothetical future? Um let's see, not getting sick. Um, I don't know if I could divulge what I'm working on, but just follow me online and you'll see. Awesome. Yes. Yes. And can you, we'll, we'll put the info, uh, for your long name. (laughs) I know. Aren't you you jealous of my two letter last name? (laughs) Pavlinskaya. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 911 is my name, Anastasia Palinskaya. I like my my doctor is Russian and like I went to go put in my name and it was like too long for the form on his website. I was like, this is some bullshit. Um, but anyways, enough about us long namers. Thank you, Esther Koo. This has been such a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> we had her. you had me. What are you talking about? Having us. <laughs> You took us for a ride with your stories. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys so much for having me and letting me be your first guest. Welcome back to Just the Facts podcast. Uh, You just heard from Esther Koo, really funny chick. Uh, Definitely check her out. We have her Instagram, social media, website, all in the episode info for our first episode. We did it. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, for watching. Uh, Thank you, Anna, for putting this together. yeah, this is so much fun. We're going to keep doing this. Hopefully you guys uh, continue to listen and and hopefully we ha- keep having amazing guests like Esther. So. Just the Facts podcast is hosted by Anastasia Pavlinskaya and Ashley Diaz. And it is self-produced. Come back next week for more.